If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. In episode 114 of the Guitar Music Theory podcast, I give you seven ways to improve your guitar playing for songwriting. Greetings, guitar engineers. Welcome to the Guitar Music Theory Podcast. I am your host, Desi Cerna. And today I'm going to talk about seven ways that you can improve your guitar playing for songwriting. So over the past year, I had quite a few people that reached out to me and uh, in some cases connected and took some private lessons in order to learn guitar because they were pursuing songwriting and, well, they needed to learn how to play an instrument. In some cases, they were brand new to the guitar. In other cases, they had dabbled with the guitar for a while, but their playing wasn't really taking shape, so they just needed some help improving their skills. Maybe this is you, or maybe you're a more experienced guitar player, but you're still interested in what I have to say on this subject because you might want to shift the focus of your playing to being creative and writing songs. Whatever the case, You're going to learn about the seven ways that you can improve your guitar playing for songwriting in this podcast episode. But before we get started, let me direct all of my podcast listeners to my website, guitarmusictheory.com. Answer the questions I ask you about your playing, and I'll send you free custom video instruction calibrated to your current level. I'll show you what you should specifically be working on right now in order to fill gaps in your playing, move forward, and reach your music goals, no matter what they may be. Go to guitarmusictheory.com now to enroll in your free custom video instruction. You can click on the link in the podcast show notes. So we are ready to dive in, and let me apologize in advance if you hear any uh, noise. Um, They are getting a new roof across the street, so you have the pitter-patter of those roofers up there uh, hammering and uh, making a bunch of uh, noise. And, you know, let me just say, these roofers are crazy people. Um, To get up on top of these houses, some of which in my neighborhood are quite tall, and just walk around like it's like it's nothing. Like it makes me nervous just like watching them. But we actually got uh, snow here in Middle Tennessee where I live, and so there were several inches of snow on that roof, and they climbed up there and just started clearing the shingles off, snow and all. And um, I just I just can't imagine that uh, doing that. It seems dangerous enough as it is without snow, but then adding the ice and snow on top of it. Now, I did notice that they were actually uh, uh, using uh, ropes. So they were uh, they were connected to the roof or oftentimes I just see them up there walking freely, just kind of 
you know, freestyling it, free climbing, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. So anyway, um, I don't know if that noise is going to come through or not. You know, I'm actually using a headset microphone, just like you see me use in my YouTube videos. And uh, every now and then people comment on that and they say, why do you wear that headset microphone? It looks, you know, it looks so strange because a lot of content creators won't wear a headset microphone. Um, you won't see the microphone. It's actually, they'll use like a shotgun boom mic and it's just outside of the video frame. And I've tried that, and it definitely looks better, but I don't think it sounds as good, particularly particularly with what I do, um, because I want to make sure that, well, my situation here where I'm recording, there's often noise outside or sometimes inside my house, and it bleeds into that microphone, and it becomes a problem. And so wearing a, uh, uh, a headset microphone, and this is a... Uh, uh, this is a unidirectional microphone, which means it's not supposed to pick up noise um, out outside. It's just it just picks up noise where the microphone is pointed, and that helps too. Um, helps me get a nice, good, clean sound without a bunch of background noise interference. And I also like the headset microphone because I can separate my guitar sound from my uh, mic. So when you have when you're using a room mic or a or boom stand, you are inevitably going to get some of your guitar signal that that bleeds through, and it requires more editing. You have to be real careful about not speaking while you're playing guitar. And of course, I want to speak while I'm playing guitar. And so after a bunch of experiments with different types of mics and setups, I determined that using this headset mic um, is uh, the easiest thing for me to do. I get the best sound, I get the best sound isolation and requires less editing afterwards as I'm, uh, you know, editing my podcasts and, and my YouTube videos. And I'm willing to deal with how it looks because of those benefits. I didn't intend this podcast to get into those details, but it just came to mind because I do get uh, messages about that um, occasionally. So in my opinion... It is still the best option, so I'm sticking with it. Today I am playing a PRS P20. It is a smaller parlor-sized acoustic guitar, and uh, they just released these last year, and they're really cute and pretty, and um, this one is in like an antique white. And um, so I recently had uh, begun work on a new finger-picking course, which I'm really excited about. And so I wanted to have uh, an extra acoustic on hand, since most of those songs uh, are going to be played on uh, acoustic. And um, so I have a relationship with the people at PRS, and I said, hey, can we work out a deal or something because I would like to acquire uh, one of these guitars? And they were happy to, happy to oblige. So that's what I'm playing today. And you'll also see me using it in the video. So I posted a video to YouTube on the same topic that we're going to discuss today. Um, so you can head to uh, YouTube. And it's the video is short and to the point, And I just go through the list, bang, bang, bang. But here in the podcast, um, you know, you get often a much more long-winded <laughs> uh, dealing with the same subject. So I like to just kind of take my time and... Um, Fill space. Uh, 
when my podcasts are too short, people actually email me and complain. And they're like, hey, you know, I got an hour commute from work each day. And uh, why was your podcast only 15 minutes? So I try to stretch, but this is probably going to be a short one still. Okay, let's get on to today's topic, seven ways to improve your guitar playing for songwriting. So it's difficult to write songs and perform if your guitar skills are weak or non-existent. And this is especially true if you're brand new to the guitar, or rather if you're brand new to, to songwriting, but you don't have like a lot of experience uh, playing an instrument. And this has been my experience as people have reached out to me this past year where they're like, I, am, I love songwriting, I desire to be a songwriter, and they're not really interested in learning how to play an instrument, they don't really have much experience playing an instrument, Playing an instrument is not really what they are motivated to do. They want to be a songwriter, but then they realize, well, if I'm going to write songs, I've got to learn how to play, play an instrument. And they're like, but I'm struggling with this. Like, what should I do? So th this is what you should do. So if, you, if you're one of these people and you follow uh, my seven recommendations here, you can get your guitar skills in order so that nothing holds you back from writing great sounding, meaningful music. So let's dive in. The number one thing you can, well, not the number one thing, the number one on my list of seven things that you can do is embrace the idea of being a guitar player. So if your mindset is that you're not a guitar player, you're just trying to play so you can write songs, then you're going to struggle. So if, if you want to get good at playing guitar, if you want your guitar skills to be good enough that you can use them to write songs and support your singing and all of that, then you need to care about your guitar playing. So you need to be excited about playing guitar for guitar playing, guitar playing's sake, and you need to be dedicated to doing it as best as you can, at least to an extent, and I will talk more about that. Um, so number one, you got to think of yourself as a guitar player and also a songwriter. You can't just think of yourself as a songwriter. If guitar is just an afterthought and you don't care about it and you're not equally as committed to pursuing that craft, then you're going to struggle, not only as a guitar player, but then your songwriting is going to suffer too, because you need, you need to have an instrument um, in order to uh, support your songwriting and singing uh, and performing if you want to perform. All right, we'll talk more about that. Okay, the number two thing you can do to improve your guitar playing for songwriting is you want to focus mainly on being a rhythm guitarist. So previously I said you need to be completely dedicated to the craft of playing guitar and you need to try to do it as best as you can to an extent. You know, if you're a songwriter, you can mainly just focus on rhythm guitar skills. You don't need to be concerned about um, lead, playing lead guitar necessarily um, and those types of things. So when we strum chords, you know, during a song... We call that playing, quote, rhythm guitar. Now, technically, anything you play on guitar, including riffs and solos and so on, includes rhythm. But guitarists say rhythm guitar to refer to the mainly chordal parts that don't involve lead lines. And that's what you need to focus on if you're a songwriter. You don't really need to focus on much of anything else. You can if you want. But the rhythm guitar skills are what's going to be most uh, important to you. Because the rhythm guitar parts usually provide the basic structure to a song to support the vocals and the other instrumentation. So as a songwriter, 
That's what you should be most concerned with. Your playing should focus mostly on rhythm guitar since you plan to use your guitar to support your melodies and your vocals. You're going to be you know, strumming chords so you can sing over the top of it. That's, when you, that's what you want to focus on. So as you focus on developing your rhythm guitar skills, you want to learn open chords, power chords, and bar chords because they are the three... Uh, main types of shapes that are generally used on guitar when you're playing rhythm guitar parts. Um, so let me not assume anything. I may have some people who are listening to this podcast and they really are newcomers to guitar and they're like, Desi, I don't even know what an open chord or a power chord is. So open chords get their name because they contain open strings. That is, you know, just plucking a string without placing any fingers on it. Um, and open chords are played down at the end of the neck near the nut or the headstock of the guitar where you combine some fretted notes with some open strings. It's your G, C, D, E minor sort of stuff. They're considered the most basic and the simplest types of chords and where you should start. Uh, honestly, you want to learn those before you learn other types of uh, chord shapes. Um, when you see singer-songwriters strumming and singing songs, they are... they. Usually they primarily use open chords, but there's other things that they've got to mix in there too. I'm going to talk about them in a second. Um, the other things would be power chords. So the power chord shape is a little movable chord shape that's played on a group of two or th three strings. Uh, think about Adele's Rolling in the Deep. If you listen to the acoustic guitar on that, it's all power chords. The next type of chord shape is bar chords. Bar is the technique where you straighten your index finger out and you lay it across all the strings at a particular fret. Then you use your remaining fingers to build different types of movable chord shapes. And bar chords are used on the guitar quite a bit. And even if you are a rhythm guitarist that's trying to stick mainly in the so-called open position using open chords. There's only so many types of chords that are available as open chords and in order to fill in the gaps and play different types of chord progressions and play in different keys, you're going to need to learn some bar chords. There's just kind of no way around it or you're going to be super limited on what you can do. And of course if you want to move around the neck and get away from just playing the most basic type of chord progressions in the open position, then you need, need to learn bar chords. So by learning open chords, power chords, and bar chords, you can make use of a large portion of the fretboard. You can move around the fretboard. You can play in any key. And you can play a variety of rhythm guitar parts just like you hear in popular songs. But you need to take your time with these chords and you need to learn them in the proper order, which is open, power, and bar. The bar chords in particular can be quite difficult at first. Bar chords will become easier 
after you strengthen your hands and improve your dexterity by playing lots of music that uses the simpler open chords and power chord shapes. So this is another mistake a lot of people make. They're like, okay, well, I need to learn these shapes. So they might learn a couple open chords and they'll go, okay, I'll check that off the list. Now I got to learn my bar chords and they work on their bar chords. And of course, bar chords can be super challenging when you're new to guitar or even if you have a lot of playing experience, but if you've never really used bar chords and you start playing them, they're just so different and, and difficult for most people. And it can be really discouraging. You can be like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Well, you are cut out for it. You're just getting ahead of yourself. You need to go back to those open chords and you need to spend a lot of time actually using those open chords and, and getting used to them. And your hand strength and dexterity is going to improve as you do that. Then you can move on to power chords. So now you're kind of moving around the fretboard with a, with a small you know, easy to manage little, it's, it's, it's kind of like playing, a, it is like playing a small portion of a bar chord. And now you can continue to improve your hand strength and dexterity and coordination with the power chords and play lots of music that uses power chords. And then eventually at some point you can start to introduce those bar chords. And by that time, it's not such a big leap it's just adding a little bit more and your hands can handle it. Okay, let's move on. The number three thing you can do to improve your guitar playing for songwriting is learn songs. And this shouldn't come uh, to any to this shouldn't come to any surprise to most of my listeners because my answer to everything seems to be uh, learn songs. So without a doubt, the most important thing you can do to improve your guitar playing skills as well as your songwriting skills, is learn songs by other artists. When you play songs by other artists, you see exactly how things go together to make songs. And then as you're playing those songs, you're training your hands to, to, to play in the manner that you're gonna need for your, for your own songs. So like the more songs you learn, the better your playing is going to become. And you'll begin to get a feel for the basic types of strumming patterns that guitarists often use. You'll get to know like which chords sound good together. And you'll also pick up on common structures that many songs follow, like, you know, intro, verse, chorus, bridge, and so on. Now you don't need to learn all of the guitar parts played in songs. Often songs will have several guitar tracks featuring a variety of different parts, including lead guitar parts. So as a songwriter, you can just focus on the most basic rhythm guitar parts. This would include like, uh, you know, basic chord shapes and basic strumming patterns. So this will equip you to support your singing whether you're playing a stripped down version of a song by yourself at an open mic night, or you're sitting in with a full band. Okay, moving on. The number four thing you can do, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> let's try that again. The number four thing you can do to improve your guitar playing for songwriting is 
Learn Practical Music Theory. Uh, learn Music Theory, and I'm talking about the practical, useful type of mu music theory that relates specifically to what you are hearing in familiar songs. Uh, this would include understanding the construction of the major scale. And then how the notes are stacked and harmonized to form chords. And then how these chords are used to play chord progressions. we get the number system that is often used as like a shorthand method of tracking musical movement and can be an invaluable tool for songwriters. So if I take my whole harmonized scale that I played here, I got seven chords. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. All of these scales are, excuse me, all these chords are related because they're all made up of notes from a common parent scale. This means I've got seven chords here that I know are in the same key and work well together, and I can use these chords in different orders to make music. And when you know in which major scale a chord progression fits, you can use the scale for your vocal melodies and harmonies. Now often when songwriters are coming up with their vocal parts, they usually are just kind of using their ear and they're singing along to the chords and kind of through trial and error, they're trying to find pitches and melodies that they uh, that sound like they work. And that's an acceptable thing to do. Like that should be part, you know, part of the process. But as they say, knowing where to look is half the battle. You know, you can pick through the notes of the chords that you're playing. You can play the related scales in order to find uh, good pitches that are in key and can be used in your vocal parts. So there might be times when you're trying to write a melody or something and no good ideas are coming to you, but with a little bit of music theory knowledge and then exploring your options on the fretboard, you can find what you're looking for. Now, if you want to learn more about scales and chord progressions and this sort of stuff, you could check out either one of my books, Fretboard Theory or Guitar Theory for Dummies. They're available on Amazon and bookstores around the world. And they've got uh, all the information you would need to know about um, harmonizing the major scale and building chords and using that number system and common types of chord progressions that are used in um, familiar songs. However, uh, I would save the theory until after you become comfortable playing songs using open chords, power chords, and bar chords. So you don't want to get ahead of yourself with the theory. You need to kind of develop your basic playing skills first, which you'll do just by memorizing basic chord shapes and memorizing many, 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 many basic songs that you can strum along with. Once you have that uh, once you have your general playing skills in order, then as you start to learn theory, it becomes useful because you can actually apply it. If you jump straight to the theory, but you don't actually have the playing skills to apply it, then you're getting ahead of yourself 
and it's it's not going to work, and you're probably just going to get confused and frustrated. So don't do that. Work on getting your basic general playing skills together if uh, you have not already done that. We are moving on. The number five thing you can do to improve your guitar playing for songwriting is learn the basics of strumming and finger picking. We've already discussed how you can learn the basics of strumming by playing along with lots of familiar songs, but sometimes you might want to support your vocals with guitar playing that has a softer touch to it. So this is where finger picking comes in. And I recommend that you learn how to play some popular songs that use finger picking. And uh, when you do this, just make sure that you pick really, really simple songs. Don't get ahead of yourself picking something that's too complicated. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, if you came to me to take lessons and you're like, hey, I want to learn how to do some finger picking, here are some of the songs I might start you out with. Assuming that you already had general playing skills, so you could strum along with songs and use basic chords and move around the fretboard a little bit. Now you're ready for finger picking. Um, and I might uh, have you play a little bit of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. Um, it's pretty simple. Um, there's not much to the song, just a, just a couple parts. And by the way, she's a great song, songwriter as well. Um, or how about a little bit of Jules, You Were Meant For Me? Another great one to start with, another great songwriter. Um, or how about something maybe a little bit different, Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. This has got a little bit of like that slapping technique, which kind of adds a nice little percussive element uh, to your playing, gives it a backbeat but uh, it's not actually that difficult. So these are fantastic songs by great singer-songwriters who were able to accompany themselves nicely using basic chords and simple finger-picking techniques. The number six thing you can do to improve your guitar playing for songwriting is split your time between being a songwriter and a cover artist. The better you get at performing songs by other artists, the more skilled you'll be at writing and performing your own songs. Most successful songwriters started out by playing covers, and doing so was an important part of their musical development. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but almost all of the most famous bands and musicians and, and songwriters like in the world, when you hear their stories about how they got started, they were cover artists, you know? The Beatles were cover artists. They were learning all this American music. They loved the Everly Brothers and Elvis and these blues songs. And so they were learning them and they were learning the vocal parts and they taught themselves how to harmonize. And, you know, uh, Paul McCartney has said numerous times in interviews that when he was young, he was learning so many songs that by the, and so was John Lennon and the other members of the band, that by the time that they got to the point where they were going to write some of their own songs. 
they had so much experience. They knew so much about music. They knew how to play instruments. They knew common chord progressions. They knew how to ha harmonize. Um, you know, when you listen to, Ju I just mentioned a Jewel song. Jewel, you know, uh, was writing songs, but also playing a bunch of covers of other songs. And that's how, you know, she got started. And, you know, playing covers is going to expose you to different musical ideas. And as you're playing those songs, it gives you an opportunity to refine your playing skills. And ultimately, it's going to help you find your own unique musical voice. It's also going to help you fill out your set list and get more gigs. The more you perform in front of others, the better you'll get at it. And, you know, you might need the money from gigs too in order to support your songwriting or to help buy gear or pay travel expenses or whatever. So with all these benefits, you can see why you just can't afford not to split your time between being a songwriter but also a cover artist, at least initially. And wrapping up our list, the number seven thing you can do to improve your guitar playing for songwriting is find other people who can help you get better. You can learn a lot by playing with and getting feedback from other musicians. You know, a good drummer might point out when your timing is off. A good singer can help you avoid singing flat. A good guitar player might show you some new chord voicings that give you just the inspiration you need to write a new song. And of course, teaching private, uh, excuse me, taking private lessons from a good uh, guitar teacher can be invaluable. Now, a good teacher should be able to put together a plan to help you reach your specific goals. You may need to ask around and try out a few different instructors before you find one that's the right fit. But don't give up on this too soon because when you do find the right instructor, it can make a huge difference on how well and how quickly you progress. You can connect with me online using Zoom, Skype, or FaceTime. You can go to the website, guitarmusictheory.com, and just click on the private lesson link, and we can talk about your playing and evaluate it, and I'll um, give you my best advice on what I think that you need to do, but it's going to be <laughs> the things that you've heard me talk about here in this list. So if you're someone that doesn't really know how to play many songs, then I'm going to say, okay, maybe you kind of put your songwriting on hold for a little bit, learn how to play lots of songs, learn how to get comfortable using open chords, power chords, and bar chords. It's not enough to just know what those shapes are. You need to spend a lot of time using them to make music. You need to be able to pick up your guitar and move all over the fretboard using those different types of chord shapes, strumming, finger picking, and playing uh, in the style of familiar songs or basically just playing familiar songs. That would be the best, the best way to do it. So that's what I'm, I'm going to have, have you do um, in order to get your, get your skills in order. So a good teacher who understands your goals and understands how to put together a plan to help you reach those specific goals can be invaluable. But just playing with others in general is a great idea because you can learn so much from others. And, you know, if you're with some good musicians and if you're coming into the situation wanting to improve and wanting some good constructive criticism, then you can get some, some great feedback. And, you know, all musicians benefit from from doing that you know there, there's been times when when I played in bands and the singer said Desi I don't think you're you realize that you're singing flat there and I'm like I am and uh 
you know, when I listened to other people and, and just, you know, uh, followed their advice, I realized, oh, gosh, that I, I sound better now. Thanks. I appreciate that. Or times when people told me that, hey, you're starting that song off, but you're dragging, your timing is off. And it, like I did, was not even aware of it, you know. Um, and if you're someone that really wants to improve and you really want to learn a craft and get good at it, then you need to be able to take criticism. You need to welcome it. And I was the type of person that would welcome it. So I'd be like, is my timing off? Like, well, I don't want that. Let's work with this, you know? And the drummer would set me up with a click or something, and I'd start playing along, and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're right. I am getting off. So, um, yeah, it's really important to, to get feedback from other people, to find other people that you can play with or learn from, because other people can help you get better. Well, that actually concludes my list, although... Here in the podcast, since I'm, uh, I'm going to have a little bit more lengthier discussion than this, I might add um, a little bit more. So, because you might be thinking, all right, well, this sounds all well and good, Desi, and, uh, I'm, but I've already done all this stuff, and now I'm really focused on my songwriting, and I'm just having trouble with ideas. Do you have any suggestions? Well, I can definitely give you suggestions for um, musical ideas. I'm not going to be able to help you with like lyrical ideas. I'm not a lyricist. Um, that's not really my area of expertise. My area of expertise is, is guitar playing and learning guitar, music and music theory. And that does include composition. You know, as if you uh, have read one of my music theory books, you know that I am constantly referencing familiar songs because I want to make sure that the theory that I'm teaching relates specifically to the music that that we're listening to. And so it's all about composition techniques. I'm talking about how chords go together in keys and how guitar players would form chord progressions and which scales would be used for melodies over which chords and, and yada, yada, yada. So I could definitely help you out with that. And I have, uh, I do work with songwriters in that way where they might say, well, here's what I got in my song so far, but I'm stuck and I don't know where to go. And so, you know, I would make suggestions like, well, Okay, you keep playing the same progression over and over, you know, based on the major chords in the key. You know, it sounds like maybe the song needs to kind of take a, a, a turn here and go in a new direction. What if you just tried using uh, the same or similar melody, but you went to the relative minor instead, you know? Something like that, you know? So I can usually throw out ideas that can help a songwriter kind of get in, unstuck because they might be like, oh, I didn't think about that. And all of a sudden they go to maybe some different chords and then suddenly the song feels fresh to them and they feel like um, the, kind of ins the inspiration comes back. Um, maybe you're struggling with uh, a melody or something because in your head you keep hearing it one way and I might, you know... noodle over it or something and come up with some suggestions like, well, gosh, you keep coming back to the major third there and resolving on the major third in your vocal melody. You know, what if you went to the root or the fifth? Or what if you can, maybe a major seven or something. Maybe you don't, you know, maybe you need to add something else in there. So I can kind of throw out these ideas that can oftentimes be just what a songwriter needs just to kind of make a song that they're stuck on feel fresh again and give them a little bit of inspiration to keep uh, um, 
moving forward with it. And um, I also, another thing that I've done is um, I've gone, I, I would ask songwriters like, well, tell me some of the cover songs that you know, or some songs that you're learning on guitar by other artists. And so they might, you know, say, well, you know, I've been working on this jewel song or whatever. You know? And I'll say, okay, let's go through and analyze that jewel song and let's take a look at some of the elements there and then let's see if maybe you could compose a song borrowing some of the same ideas. So, you know, in Jewel's song, she's in the key of G, but she doesn't actually start on the G chord. She starts on the four chord, C. And she goes down to an inversion of the one chord G slash B back to C, and then the sixth chord, E minor. Well, right off the top there, the idea that you wouldn't start on the one chord might be an idea that you as a songwriter never thought of. Maybe every time you go to write a song in the key of G, you always start on G, always start on G. So sometimes it's just as simple as, okay, we're in the key of G, that's fine if you're comfortable playing in that key because you like the chord shapes or it's a good range for your voice, that's fine, but do you always have to start on G? What if you start on C? Sometimes just a super simple thing like that, um, again, is just enough for a, a songwriter to have an aha moment and to suddenly chords that seem worn out and all too familiar just become interesting again and you get a you can create a new song based on a new idea of doing something a little bit different you know you can all songwriters steal from other artists that's just kind of how the the process works you know they all draw inspiration from other artists so sometimes it's great to take some different cover songs that you're working on analyze them you know uh Maybe you've just memorized them, but you're not entirely sure what key you're in or what the relationship is between the chords, or you maybe you didn't even think about like the melody and how the melody related to the chords, like what scale is it in or what chord tones is it singing. And so you can kind of go through and analyze some of this stuff and then say, okay, now let's take that same idea and let's come up with your own own thing, maybe in, in the same key. Maybe we transpose it to a different key. Maybe we change the melody up a little bit. Maybe we, we <laughs> steal a little bit of the melody from one song, but we're singing it over a different chord, or we change it up slightly until eventually it becomes something brand new, and you would listen to it, and you would never, ever connect it to the song um, that you initially used for your inspiration. But you know, going through that process helped you come up with new ideas and write songs that you would not normally have been able to write. That's what I can help you with, and I actually really enjoy doing that because I do like music composition and, and making it music. The only thing I'm probably not, not going to be able to help you with is uh, lyrical ideas just because I'm not a writer. So you, that's going to be um, your responsibility, or you might need to work with somebody else who uh, is able to teach you how to improve your your lyric writing skills in the same way that I can teach you to improve your uh, music playing skills.
All Right podcast episode 114 is a wrap. And now you know the seven ways you can improve your guitar playing for songwriting. Questions, comments. If you need to reach out to me, just go to the website, guitarmusictheory.com, and click on the contact link. You'll have to scroll down to see it. If you're interested in signing up for private guitar lessons using Zoom or Skype or FaceTime, uh, you can click on the link that says private lessons. If you have yet to enroll in a free video course on the website, take a look at where I ask you questions about your playing. Answer those questions honestly, and then I'll tell you what you specifically need to do in order to fill in gaps and move forward to reach your goals. It's going to be different for each person depending on how much experience you have and what your specific goals are. So just answer the question. I will get you connected to the course that is the right fit for you right now. Uh, and you can get enrolled, and it's free. So go to guitarmusictheory.com right now to enroll in your free video instruction. You can click on the link in the podcast show notes. All right, I'm going to go see how that roofing job is coming along next door. Thanks for listening, Guitar Engineers. I'm Desi Serna. Before you go, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, give it a five-star rating, and leave me a great review. Then keep playing and stay tuned for more. and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.